So if you think about this in terms of perhaps your own process, then that can be helpful. Because what we find when we work, we set a task and we look to implement it. And what we find is that what resists is what we see more often than not. We're constantly placed in front of what resists or our suspect motives or the need to take ownership of things, to claim merit. All of those things are not that far from us once we begin to take a spiritual focus and bring the light of the word to bear on what's arising as motivation within. So the sense of self that has been built up through our contact with the world is all about self-preservation. And the only thing it is concerned with is shoring up the idea that it has life in itself. That's the proprial will, if you like. And, you know, and we are identified with that for much of the time. Truths shine a light on that identification and present an opportunity to moderate our responses and slowly we can be extracted from our identification with that proprial will, which is not a true will, it's really just lusts and desires that we have become attached to through owning them. So as we move through this work, it becomes less about trying to preserve your own life and more about giving up ownership over what is the Lord's, which is that life that flows in. And that is what presents a heavenly proprium. So that first proprium, that infernal proprium, is nothing but evil and falsity. It cannot do anything good and it cannot think anything true. That's the nature of it. And I think that's the insight that the writings bring that we cannot discover for ourselves. So we need those truths to actually be implanted within us and we need to take those truths and use them to reflect on what's arising in order to affirm that what the word says is true is actually true concerning that infernal proprium. And then we can start to get separation from it. But while we don't see it in the light of what the word says is, its quality is, we remain attached. And so then everything that is done is done from that base. And that can't be, by definition, it can't be good. It has to be evil. And what you're given is a new will in the understanding. So that old will is swamped by the deluge, like it's unresurrectable. But the process is then one of functioning from what is true rather than what I feel is good. That's the difference because when we function from what is true rather than what I feel is good, we can then bring what we feel into contact with what the word says is true and establish the quality of what's arising because the nature of our affectional structures is such that whatever serves me feels good and I call it good, but what truths do it gives us the capacity to call that into question. And that's what's termed the spiritual mind, the spiritual church. That's the shift that had to occur so that our sense of self can be extracted from hell because that's what the infernal proprium is. It's hell. And heaven 
is what is of the Lord. And the way to move toward heaven is to function in a state of obedience to what we understand to be true. It doesn't have to actually be truth in a strict sense, but if we understand it to be true and we bring charity or look to implement it in our life and there's something of innocence in it, then the Lord can bend us towards what is truth that is closer and closer and more aligned to what is um, to what is of himself. I think the appearance is that we have the cards stacked against us. I think the Lord's power to save is unquestionable. And the fact that he provides us with truths and lets us do what we will with them, and to the point we're even calling falsity truth, but where there is something of innocence and charity involved, the Lord can turn that to good, which is salvation. So if you think of the old will, the corrupt will, as hell, he, by means of truth, delivers us from that hell and is able to elevate us into heaven, which are the truths and goods that are provided by means of the word.